Welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. We look at everyday issues from a biblical worldview so that you can trust the sufficiency of scripture and apply its truth to your life as you raise and disciple your kids. Hello, Brave Parents. Welcome back to the Brave Parenting Podcast. Listen, today we're going to be talking about adult content. So if you normally listen with your younger kids, we ask that you pause us and come back later when their little ears aren't listening. That is true, Kelly. Today we are talking about the 2023 Dirty Dozen List. Now this list is created every year by the National Center on Sexual Exploitation, the NCOSE. They research and they compile the top 12 companies who are found to be the most complicit in child sexual exploitation. Now, our listeners might remember how the 2022 just really shocked us and kind of still does shock us to this day when we think about it. For sure. In fact, when I share the 2022 list, people are really unsettled because Etsy, Etsy was on the list, you know, the cute little online handmade market where everybody goes to find locally crafted goods. It was actually number two on the 2022 list. They were found to be hosting vendors who made and sold personalized child sex dolls. Dude, that makes me so sick to my stomach. I know, me too. But I am so thankful for the NCOSE because they pull back the veil on these companies that we as Christians may not want to support any longer. Or maybe... With the information they provide, you can use your voice to stand up and speak out against these companies. Now, this list has been published for 10 years, and they've had numerous victories. One example is Instagram. They have been on the Dirty Dozen list for a long time. And one huge victory achieved through awareness and pressure by the NCOSE came just last December when Instagram kicked Pornhub off of their platform. Another is Snapchat, who finally introduced albeit not wonderful, but they are there, parental controls last year. Also in 2021, because of pressure from the NCOSE, Google announced that they were going to make their Chromebooks and Google Education safe for children. I'm sorry, that wasn't in place already? (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs) See, it's this kind of stuff that I as a parent would totally assume that a company like Google, who's providing a ton of support to schools, Like they would put these Chromebooks in some sort of kiosk mode, you know, where you literally cannot do anything on there. And, you know, honestly, when I think about computers that can't do anything, it really takes me back to the days of the computer lab, right? You remember those awesome days where all we had to do was learn how to type on the computer? Oh, I have- That's all it was good for. (laughs) I have great memories of the computer lab, except my computer lab days were like in college. In fact, I even tell the story in my book, Managing Media, Creating Character. When I was in college, I went to the computer lab and wrote my first email. And I wrote everything in the subject line because I had no clue what I was doing. (laughs) Solid. (laughs) Just goes to show, we grew up very differently and the internet has now changed everything. And while there was certainly evil back then, now it seems to be so much more pronounced, accessible, and even celebrated. This is why, again, we are thankful for the NCOSE. Now, we must note that the NCOSE is not a Christian or biblically-based organization, but they care about children and image bearers of God. They care about how they're harmed by entities who support their sexual exploitation. 
I think it would be a really great idea if people or folks' parents went to their website tonight and just spent a little bit of time reading about the Dirty Dozen list, about the victories and all of the lawsuits the NCOSC is involved in. And if you feel it's appropriate for your teens, I would actually encourage you to look at it with them. Ask them questions about what they think about these hard topics and what they think could or should be done. You know, Gen Z, they really do love a cause. And honestly, there is no better cause to get behind than stopping the sexual exploitation of children. So without any further ado, I think we should get to this list because yet again, it's a doozy. Hmm. Yeah, that it is, my friend. Okay, let's start with the bottom and work our way up. I think that's a great idea. Now, truth be told, I don't actually know if these are numbered by level of importance, but nonetheless, we're going to do it our way because you know what? It's our podcast. So <laughs> so coming in at number 12 on the Dirty Dozen list is Twitter, then Spotify at number 11, and Snapchat at number 10. Now, Kelly, I don't think anyone's clutching their pearls when they heard that Twitter and Snapchat made the list. And we aren't really going to expound on these two platforms because on this podcast, we've done a lot of that already. But Spotify? Why did they make the list? Well, sadly, pornography is easily accessible on Spotify. And this one truly blew my mind because I know so many parents who let their kids use Spotify. And honestly, as a parent, I would have never thought it would have happened on Spotify. It's true. Yeah, most parents allow Spotify because they assume it's just a music app. And what could possibly go wrong other than maybe explicit music? Apparently a lot. So this is what the NCOSC has to say about Spotify. Quote, Pornography, including content that normalizes sexual violence and child sex abuse and incest, can easily be found on Spotify in the form of thumbnails graphically depicting sexual activity and nudity, as well as audio pornography, the recordings of sex sounds or sexually explicit stories that are read aloud. Spotify claims to prohibit sexually explicit content, but in addition to this, everything that I just listed, there was also a high-profile case of a child who was groomed and exploited through Spotify by predators who communicated with them through edited playlist titles. They asked the child to upload sexually explicit material of themselves as thumbnails. The NCOSE researchers easily found multiple profiles on Spotify that seemed to be dedicated to soliciting or sharing nudes. Ugh. Chelsea, now there are words, but they're not all good words. <laughs> the key here to recognize is that not every child will interact with this type of content. It isn't going to jump out at you the first time you download the app and search for Taylor Swift's new album. However, if Spotify is the only internet-based app you have allowed on your child's phone, they may very well use Spotify to try and find connection with random people then accidentally fall into the hands of predators. It's just like how the Bible app was used to share nude photos. Most likely this was happening because there were no other apps on the child's phone that would allow that internet connection. That's true. And I mean, kids have an abundant amount of time and a lot of determination and curiosity, and they're going to figure out ways around boundaries. I mean, they figured out how to use the Bible app for it. And now apparently Spotify. I mean, what will be next? It's crazy. So definitely something to be aware of there. All right, coming in at number nine is Roblox. Now, I'm just going to read Roblox's own definition of themselves. They are the global platform where millions of people gather together every day to imagine, create, and share experiences with each other in immersive, user-generated 3D worlds. 
the types of gameplay on Roblox are just as limitless as the imagination of the creators themselves. Listen, Roblox is a predator's bread and butter because it comprises the largest demographic of children under 13 on its platform. You would think for this reason that they would be leading the industry with child safety standards, but sadly they are not. The NCOSC reports that a 13-year-old boy was groomed by a predator he met on Roblox, and the predator moved him from Roblox to Discord and Twitter. He was continually groomed, then kidnapped, taken across state lines, and sexually assaulted until authorities found him. And tragically, his story is not an isolated incident. If you really wanted to know, I don't necessarily encourage you to do it. You could Google Roblox and predators and find tons of stories. It's so sad. Even more, children's avatars on this game can be raped. And there, there are virtual strip clubs and games that revolve around interactive pornography. The NCOSE notes that Roblox is still allowing adult strangers to direct message, chat, and quote, friend children, even with case after case of children being groomed and abused through the platform. Not only that, but a five-year-old can sign up without an email or parental permission, and the default setting upon creating an account can expose an eight-year-old to experience of, quote, Strippers leading naked men on a leash across the floor and couples having sex. Whoa. I mean, just whoa. Okay. So parents, if you're listening still and you're not like running for the door or something, I'm not really sure. Listen, we are just as shocked like reading this as you are probably listening to it. There, there. That's the only way I can describe it. It is just downright shocking. Now, the bottom line is that we are telling you this, that you know how to keep your children off of these platforms. I personally know a ton of parents who allow Roblox at ages five and six. And honestly, it just cannot be unless you are 100% co-viewing and co-playing with them all of the time. But even then, Kelly, I'm saying at this point with all everything that you have just listed, is it even necessary? Why would you allow it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why not? Just Legos. Right. I love Legos. It's true. It's true. I do know a lot of parents uh, don't want to hear that because Roblox is the game of choice for young children, but it's got to go. It's got to go. Another one that's got to go <laughs> is number eight on the Dirty Dozen list, and that is Reddit. Now, we haven't talked a lot about Reddit on the Brave Parenting Podcast, but we have done an app review back in the day, episode 29, as well as there is an app review on the website, braveparenting.net. Now, for those who don't know, Reddit is the self-proclaimed front page of the internet. It is an online discussion platform that also hosts over 2 million user-created communities. And this is one of those places where you can find a community around anything, whether that be a social contagion, racist hate, or sexual exploitation. The NCOSE reports that it takes only five seconds to find sexual exploitation on the platform. You can find people willing to make deep fake pornography. You can find prostitution, which will most likely be tied to trafficking and a whole host of various forms of exploitation. Now, the NCOSE is calling on Reddit to implement change, robust age and consent verification measures, mandatory email verifications so that it limits the anonymity, which allows for no accountability when you can be anonymous 
implement easy and accessible reporting mechanisms, and ban external links to pornography and sexually explicit material. So in case you didn't know, in order to block Reddit, you have to disable the ability to purchase new apps through either the App Store or Google Play, and you must block it through the browser because it is both an app and a website. Now, I'm going to be totally honest. I did not realize that it was an app until we read through this dirty dozen list. So again, thank you NCOSE for helping us parents protect our kids just a little bit better. Now, coming in at number seven on the list is OnlyFans. We've done an entire podcast on OnlyFans, episode 82. A lot of parents would assume this is only an adult exploitation issue on OnlyFans, but the NCOSC reports that although they claim to have instituted robust age and consent verification, evidence suggests that these measures have actually been insufficient to rid the platform of crimes. When NCOSC researchers search public Discord servers using the keyword OnlyFans, A third of the results tagged with OnlyFans contained high indicators of child sex abuse material. Now, going back to the list at number six, we have GitHub. Now, GitHub is a programming code repository platform. So essentially, if you program websites or apps or games, etc., you would know about GitHub because you use it to save or use another person's code. We're not going to get too in-depth on this one, but if your child has a GitHub account and you're super concerned check out the NCUSC website or email us at braveparenting.net because we can help you guys out. And then this is a weird one. Coming in at number five is an oldie, but not a goodie. Uh, Kick, the messaging app, Kelly. I could not even believe Kick was a thing again. I know when the list came out, it was the first thing that I text you. Wait, what? Kick? It's like the zombie that rose from the dead to create even more havoc and destruction. I know. I that's actually a really great way to describe it. That's what I wondered. I was I was dubious when I saw Kick on there to be quite honest. Way back in the day, they were busted for hosting a ton of predators and there was even an arrest of a sex offender in 2016. And through that arrest, they uncovered 200 Kick groups dedicated to the distribution and sale of child sex abuse material through the messaging app. Later in 2016, CBS News covered the murder of a 13-year-old girl who was groomed through Kick. Now, they said they were going to do better. They said they were going to make it safer and all the regular stuff we hear when the truth comes out, but they didn't. And now it's 2023, and honestly, Kelly, the platform isn't any safer. The NCOSE created a fake account, and they posed as a teenage girl named Jenny. Now, within hours of creating that account, Jenny was contacted by dozens of groomers. They sent her pornography, graphic messages. They demanded that she send them news of herself. And this fake teenager's account was even added to group messages that include explicit content and even contained child sex abuse material. Gross. I really don't like this app. But I did some extra digging to find out if Kick was really still popular. So I searched in the app store and found that it's actually number 44 on the list of messaging apps. So not really that popular. and. If you read what the NCUSE is asking of Kick, you will understand why we don't like it and why we rejoiced so much when it went away. But it is back. The NCUSE is asking for them to abolish features that place children at high risk for sexual exploitation, such as allowing users to add minors to group chats without their knowledge or consent, connecting minors with adults through the meet new people feature, and pushing dating and prostitution apps to minors. Ugh, oh, it's, it's crazy. 
but they're also asking for pin-protected parental controls, among other things. But frankly, we're just going to say, bottom line, don't use it. Stay away from it. Talk to your kids about how evil this app is. Yeah. And actually, interestingly enough, I kind of did my own research on Kik, and I found that this app is really popular with adulterers. So according to a survey of 2,000 serial cheaters, that's a thing, a serial cheater. Gross. I know. Um, off of, uh, it was through a website called illicitencounters.com. Kick was the most popular app for adulterers, scoring 28% of the vote. And for your curiosity, it was closely followed by, do you want to take a guess, Kel? Let me guess. Snapchat. That's your favorite. Yeah, your favorite. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Snapchat. Yeah. It's just like followed. it. It's just too easy to be anonymous and delete stuff. I know. I something know. A, something an adulterer would do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just terrible, but I guess good for everyone to know. So going back to our list, Instagram takes the number four spot. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Instagram has been on this list for a while. And while there have been some victories, it is still a hub of sexual exploitation and pornography. A 2022 report found that minors reported the second highest rates of online sexual interactions with people they thought were adults on Instagram. This is the most concerning aspect, of course. But like every social media platform, allowing children on it grants them access to the entire world of strangers. So I encourage you to go to the website and view the evidence they found against Instagram. If your child has Instagram, it may not mean that they have to get off of it, but it may mean that you have to have a long, hard conversation with them about what's happening on Instagram. Yeah, that's some good advice right there. All right, so let's keep on moving through the list. Now we are finally in the top three. I really feel like I need a soundboard for this because we're in the top three. We've made it, (laughs) but I will live without my soundboard for now. So coming in at number three, we have eBay, which like Etsy last year was culpable or is culpable because of child sex abuse material that is sold on the site. And then number two is Discord. Now, for those of you who don't know, Discord is a communication platform for gamers. It's similar to Skype in that it's voice over internet protocol or a VoIP. Discord servers are organized into topic-based channels where you can collaborate, share, and kind of just talk about your day without clogging up a group chat. Now, Discord recently updated its age rating to 17 plus in the App Store. But since the App Store isn't verifying who truly is 17, then anyone over 13 can purchase the app by lying about their age. And yes, the NCOSC had a lot to say about Discord. Quote, Thanks to Discord, it's easier than ever to view and trade child sex abuse material. And not only that, this platform also enables exploiters to directly contact and groom children, to share deep fakes and other forms of image-based sexual abuse material, and it has shockingly ineffective parental controls. End quote. So Kel, did you know that Discord actually ranks in the top five on Bark for the most extreme sexual content that a child can encounter for two years in a row. I did not know that. I need I need my soundboard. Like I could have been, <laughs> this could have been like a game show. <laughs> so without a doubt, parents, this is just not a place for a child or any sort of teenager. To me, there is no amount of video gaming talent from any child or teenager that would ever make Discord appropriate for him or her. And a lot of parents just don't know enough about Discord that they allow it. Mm -hmm. It's true. They just allow it. And it definitely, definitely needs a lot of strong warnings. So make sure you check out their evidence. All right. 
Number one on the 2023 NCOSE Dirty Dozen list is Apple's App Store. Finally, it's kind of being called out. The Apple ratings on games and apps have been atrocious for years. And we understand why it's listed as number one. Millions of teens own an Apple phone. It absolutely dominates the market with teens. So this is a brief snippet of what the NCOSE had to say. With almost 90% of U.S. teens owning an iPhone, Apple can rightly be called a primary gatekeeper to what America's children are accessing online, as well as who is accessing them. Caregivers trust and rely on Apple's App Store age ratings and descriptions to determine what apps are safe and appropriate for their children to use. Social media and gaming apps that have been exposed as particularly rife with predatory activity, sexual interactions, and pornographic content, such as videos, images, and language, are labeled 12 plus for, quote, infrequent or mild mature suggestive themes or infrequent mild language. Well, the U.S. federal law requires children to be at least 13 years old to use social media apps and games, not specifically designed for youth. But here we are, 12 plus. And frankly, that's just it. That's why we at Brave Parenting, when we put our app reviews up on braveparenting.net, we give you the App Store rating, the Google Play Store rating, and then our rating, which is based on the sufficiency of scripture. Apple is this gatekeeper, but instead of keeping the gate, they've just got it raised, open, and they're letting enemies in left and right. They don't care who gets through as long as they get paid the entrance fee, right? We've talked about this before. Who is the shepherd of your children? It is us. It is not Apple. They don't care. I know, honestly, no one should really be shocked. And frankly, while we can hope that Apple would keep the gate closed, no one should expect Apple to do that because it hinders their profits. Parents have to be the gatekeepers. If you don't like Apple's ratings, then you need to be a better consumer. Think about how many websites you visit just to find the perfect hotel for a vacation or how many hours of searching and researching for the right pediatrician when we have babies, for the right daycare or Mother's Day Out program. I mean, we're looking at we're, we're going to be looking at cars soon, Kelly. We are constantly reading and rereading information about vehicles, making sure that we're going to put our kid behind one of the safest vehicles on the road. That really needs to be the same process with games and apps and social media platforms and really just any kind of tech, that we are good consumers, we do good research. Now, these companies and platforms and topics that we've discussed today are truly just some of the worst of the worst. Not only do a handful of these companies profit from sexual exploitation of image bearers of God, but honestly, they lead people away from Christ. They lead them into social contagions, into self-worship, self-promotion, into a depraved mind, and into isolation. And I'm sure we may sound like we're perpetually catastrophizing, but really, we pray that you see that our hearts are simply to make you aware of these realities. This stuff really is happening on these platforms. Granted, not everyone is going to come into contact with it. And you know what? Your kid may be raised to know better or to behave super obediently online. But what about that other kid on the soccer team or on the school bus or the one who sits behind your kid in class? If that other kid has access to all of this obscene and objectifying content, there is definitely a chance your child will be exposed to this kind of garbage. That's exactly it. Yeah, we must go back to to the sufficient word of God. Most of you would probably agree 
that what we discussed today is evil. It's all evil. It is not good, right, pure, lovely, admirable, or worthy of praise. The word of God is clear about what we, as God's children, as followers of Christ, are to do when we encounter evil. We are to turn from it. We are to avoid it at all costs. Psalm 34, Psalm 97, Psalm 119, I could just go on and on and on of all of the verses that talk about how we should hate evil, how we should turn from evil, how we should seek what is good, hate what is evil. I'm going to list these references all into the podcast show notes. So you can have them, you can look at them, make a list, show them to your children when you're sitting down and you're talking about it. The word of God is replete with instruction to turn away from evil. There is no way to avoid this truth throughout scripture or to justify going against this word and accepting evil because, well, it provides your kid entertainment and community or a creative outlet. Yeah, that's a really good point. So this may look like banning a few of these platforms from your family's devices, to be quite frank. It's definitely going to look like having conversations and educating and preparing your children for when they do gain the ability to use an app, such as one of these at the age of 16 or maybe even 18. And you know, you talk about like turning away from evil, Kelly. I Like we taught our kids what to do if a child, if someone else ever turned their phone towards them and said, hey, look at this. What are they going to do? How are they going to respond? And so we've taught them. We role-played with them. They immediately put their hand up and they turn their head the other way and they say, no, I do not want to see that. Put that away. Because we really do believe that you should turn from evil. Like we're actually practicing that when we prepare them for these things. So honestly, folks, the earlier that you can talk about these types of topics, the better your children are going to be prepared because we want them from a young age to believe that spaces like these places on the internet are not necessary for friend finding or for gaming habits or really anything. It's kind of like what you said, like no amount of like loneliness or savant-like gaming abilities is going to justify participating with any of these companies who exploit children so intensely and honestly without shame. You know, when we think about boycotting, it's interesting because I, if we compare the current boycotts or canceling that is so prevalent in our culture right now, like major companies like Bud Light and Target, if we compare that to the lack of boycotts and outrage surrounding some of these social media platforms that promote such an evil. Where is that? Yeah. Why is that happening? No, that's a really great point. And it's kind of interesting when you put it like that. We are so much more willing to boycott a company that has a tangible product than we are to boycott a social media platform or an internet space such as like Discord or Reddit, which kind of begs the question, why do these places on the internet satisfy us so much that we're willing to overlook the blatant child exploitation and sexual abuse? Why? That's, that is the question. It, the only answer I have is it's the sin nature. Yeah. I mean, we could probably sum it up really simply like that. I think the other thing that's missing, though, surrounding these conversations with media and technology in our homes is conversations about how our hearts interact with this content on such a deep level that we begin to wear blinders and we refuse to acknowledge the evil. Maybe we even wear blinders in the mirror and we refuse to see ourselves as individuals who could easily be captured by this kind of content. You know, a lot of people will say, not me, not my child, but you know what? We don't meet those types of parents at events, do we? No. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, and I think it's as well the 
word of God says in Isaiah, you know, woe to those who call evil good. And is it that we've just been so subtly deceived that sometimes we think that evil is good? And that's a scary thought. And that's going to be something we're just going to leave you to meditate on and to really evaluate your own interactions online and definitely have these conversations. Every single one of us wants to believe, not me, not my child. But I guarantee all of the individual stories shared by the NCUSE, all of those parents thought the same thing. But we have to acknowledge the depravity of human nature and sin and how it shines on internet-based websites, platforms, and apps. And we cannot redeem the internet, but we can protect our kids better by being better gatekeepers and better consumers of media and technology. Friends, today, I hope that this encourages you to have good, open-ended conversations with your teens about the Dirty Dozen list. We pray that it leads to deep and meaningful conversations about what God's will for our lives are as believers and his desire for sexual purity among believers and how we are to turn from evil. We encourage you to check out their website, endsexualexploitation.org, to learn more, read through their evidence, sign petitions for change, and access ways that you can use your voice to spread the word about the evils of sexual exploitation. Friends, ultimately, we just want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil. So thank you so much for tuning in to the Brave Parenting Podcast hearing about the Dirty Dozen list, make sure if this needs to be heard by a friend or a family member who is potentially their kids are on these platforms, please share this podcast. Make sure other people are going to the NCUSE and checking out this list. It is valuable information for parents to know. All right, friends, until next week, go and be brave.